With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to Edgework here on the Hammer Betting Network, a daily live NHL show Monday through Friday, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time. You can find us here giving out our daily picks on the live shows Monday through Friday. You can find the Edgework podcast, brand new, started last week featuring, or two weeks ago featuring David Pagnotta, Dennis Bernstein, and Zach Bodenstein breaking down the biggest stories around the NHL. Every Wednesday that will be coming out and now adding on uh, NHL news, rumors, trade reactions, futures markets, different uh, pre-recorded videos that will be coming out on this channel. Put out a couple. uh, Rob and I broke down the Islanders trade with Bo Horvat before we knew about the extension. And then Andy and I did a video on Friday talking about some futures markets. So if you're interested in different stuff like that, all things NHL, make sure to subscribe here to the Edgework YouTube channel. And you can also find us on podcasting platforms as Edgework as well. So make sure to get there and don't miss anything. But uh, we obviously haven't been live since last Wednesday because of the All-Star game. No uh, no NHL games going on, but uh, we obviously got to have the spectacle that was the All-Star game. Uh, Alex, so money, did you guys uh, partake in any of that action? <laughs> no, I, I, I don't watch... Uh... I don't watch any of it. Um, I'll just the only thing I know about the All Star game this year was that uh, was that game that went over. And it was uh, the total was twelve and a half or something, and it went. Uh, they scored like seven goals in the last couple of minutes there. That's, yeah, I heard. That's the only that. thing I know about the All Star game. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I didn't see any of it. I saw the skills competition. I got to see Mitch Marner in an all white suit skating out, and then I saw. I did see the cool moment with Ovechkin's son on the ice with Ovi and Crosby. That was, cool. yeah. that, that was pretty cool. So that, that those are two things I caught pretty much for the entire weekend. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. And Connor Hartle yeah. here saying, uh, won a bunch of money on the skills competition, but that was the worst <laughs> thing I've ever watched. Yeah. <laughs> at, least, at least you got something out of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I I couldn't do it this year, and uh, everything I was seeing online was just that it was the right decision to not watch. It seemed like this year more than any other was way more gimmicky and just uh, not engaging for people. So it's unfortunate that that's the product that gets put out there, but it is what it is. We move forward. We are back to real hockey here, and as you're kind of coming out of this all-star break, you get a little bit of a break ourselves to look ahead at some of the futures markets, uh, some of the updated markets that are going on. So money, there's one that you're looking at right now, specifically in the Western Conference. Uh, you've got uh, high hopes behind this one. It was something I had looked at earlier in the season and thought maybe this is a team that might fall out of a playoff spot. But what are you looking at right now? So first, I want to see if I can do this seamlessly here since we're <laughs> okay. uh, since we're live. But if you followed me last season, um, you know about my love affair. Sorry? You're good. I'm I'm good. Hold on. It wasn't as seamless as I thought. Oh, there you go. All right. So you know about my love affair with the Oilers. Holy, it makes my hands look that that's nuts. It, <laughs> you know what my love affair I had with the with, with the Oilers uh, 
from the Woodcroft bump all the way to the to to the Western Conference Finals. So look, I, I fully expect the Avalanche to make a run. Um, they're they're getting some guys back, um, but after that, who do you have confidence in right right now? So um, there's any team in that conference right now um, has the ability to to make a run. So why not the team that's at sixteen to one right now to win the cup? Um, we've talked about their secondary scoring after McDavid and Drysidle uh, being an issue, but with Kane back and the team getting production from RNH, from Costin, Hyman's in there. We're seeing the Oilers getting scoring throughout the lineup now. Um, that's been their biggest um, biggest Achilles heel throughout the last cu- couple of seasons. And we're also seeing in a in a series that gets that gets tied or that's not going the way that it's supposed to go for the Oilers. Um, you have Connor McDavid, who's shown that he can not only steal games, he can steal whole series. Um, the other thing we've talked about the Oilers um, and a bigger concern would be the goaltending. But keep in mind, they made a run with Mike Smith last year. Mike Smith, right? Yeah. So even though Skinner has been up and down lately, I do believe that he will eventually um, take take the reins for for good there. So not only does he rock the best mustache in the league, um, <laughs> I do think that he can be good enough um, for for the Oilers to to make another deep run. Does the uh, does the depth of the Oilers in terms of their defense here concern you at all with that? Uh, I mean, obviously, they're going to be looking to add at the deadline. They're one of the teams yeah. that basically every conversation I see in regards to the Leafs looking for a defenseman, the other teams involved is typically the LA Kings and the Edmonton Oilers calling on these same defensemen. You're going to add somebody at the deadline. I, I think that that's almost a guarantee at this point. It, it just depends on the caliber of player, but... Is there concern for you about that depth? I mean, obviously, McDavid and Dreisaitl, they can be the guys to be difference makers. They can turn it on. And in the playoffs, there's no concern about, oh, well, can we play these guys this many minutes? Because it's life or death. You you play until you don't play anymore. But they are playing 25-plus minutes a night in the regular season here. At some point, that could kind of catch up. And then you're lacking some depth, especially some of that defensive ability. Is that concerning to you at all? Absolutely. And um, this is when when a bit of the speculation comes in. Um, I fully expect um, Holland to um, to uh, get some make, make some moves here to 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 uh, shore up the defense. So this is where um, we have some speculation and where I'm trying to um, get in front of the market here a little bit, too, because right. um, once they do, um, as I suspect, get the guys that they need in the um, during the deadline. Um, I think that, that that this price should start dropping. All right. And, and even if they make moves on the blue line, do you trust the depth of the goaltending? Obviously, Jack Campbell having a, a rough start to the season. Stuart Skinner has kind of emerged as the number one. Uh, can you trust in that tandem moving forward in the postseason? So I'm I'm higher than most on Skinner. Um, I think that um, he's, he's going through his um, – what we kind of see sometimes from – from from a kid who who's who's getting his first heavy heavy workload where where he's where he's inconsistent. Now I will say that um, going into the playoffs, um, if Skinner takes the reins like I think he 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 should, um, Campbell does need to um, need to be able to step up his game a little bit um, just so Skinner is not is d- doesn't have as much of a heavy heavy workload going 
going into the playoffs. Um, yeah. That said, with with the Oilers and their goaltending, um, how much worse can it get than Mike Smith, right? So oh, sure, they, yeah. they 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 made that run with Mike Smith. So so like they, they don't need um, Skinner or maybe even Campbell for that matter to be. Um, to be Vesna quality at this point for this team to to make a run in a in a wide open Western Conference. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Well, we track that one in on the uh, on the bet stamp uh, for the Edgework account. So far, up forty two point six units on the year, eight percent ROI. So the Edgework group has been killing it every day. Uh, so if you've been following along, hopefully you've been having some success with us in the bets that we've been giving out. So we'll track that one in there, add to our list of futures uh, for our portfolio that we've been building up throughout the course of the season. But let's get to some of the games here tonight. Alex, we'll start with you with two teams that didn't have to travel very far after this All-Star game, Tampa uh, heading to Florida and uh, to take on the uh, take on the Panthers here tonight. Tampa right now, they're sitting third in the Atlantic. They're only five points back of Toronto, and they have four games in hand on that Leafs team right now. They have been incredibly hot heading into the All-Star game. They're 8-2 in their last 10. They were coming off a three-game win streak before that break, uh, having beaten Minnesota, Boston, and the LA Kings. This team, though, they're about 500 on the road, 12-11, and going in to face off against a Florida team that is going to be in an interesting position here because they're kind of think they can still make the playoffs and they're not that far out of it. Three points out behind Pittsburgh right now, and they've played three more games than Pittsburgh, but they're six points back of Washington in the wild card positions looking at it there. And they have one game in hand on Washington. So at any point, any type of heater could get these guys going. You got Matthew Kachuk coming in off an all-star game MVP for whatever that's worth. Barkov was there. You're in front of the home fans. Maybe you get some life into these legs. And this Florida team, they've been all right at home here, 13-7-3. Where do you see this game going between, uh, between the Lightning and the Panthers here tonight? So at the beginning of the year, I said the Tampa Bay was going to be kind of a team to fade early and they would start to kind of turn things around toward the middle of the yep. season. That's exactly what they've done. They you know, went into the, the all-star break uh, winning eight of their last 10 games. And you look at the schedule starting off now, you know, okay, quick road trip, you know, in-state against Florida. Tomorrow night, they're back home against San Jose. And then they have a really tough schedule, two against Colorado at Dallas, uh, you know, a four-game tri- road trip out west. I think this is a huge spot for them to, you know, pick up that momentum from where they left off on the break. Uh, obviously, you know, going to be fired up to play against the rival. And like I said, not only a, just a rival, a hated rival, but a team in Florida that is trying to climb back up and get into the playoff spot where, you know, Tampa Bay, it's not like they're, you know, in their usual form of, of running away with the division. Like I said, they're, they're in third place. So this is a team that's, pretty much at their heels a little bit as, as well. And they have to kind of worry about that playoff positioning is going to become uh, important now and looking at where you are in the standings points you need is the, the time of year where we see a lot of games end up going to overtime because teams don't want to make mistakes and give up a, a goal late to lose the game and, and come out of there with, with no points. You want to have at least one or two points moving forward now. So this feels like it'd be one of those tight contested games and in a tight battle, I trust Tampa Bay more. Uh, kind of want to wait and see what's going to happen with the goaltenders, of course, because Vasilevsky was in the All-Star game. This is a first of a back-to-back, so it could be Elliott getting the start here. But either way, I don't, uh, you know, I don't think it matters uh, which one starts in goal right now. I think Tampa is a, is a full unit going to be fired up for this game, and they could put away a Florida team that they've dominated over recent uh, recent meetings. 
So we'd be are... looking at Tampa just straight up in this one. Then? So I got, I got Tampa in uh, regulation. So plus 120. I was able to grab that this morning. All right. Can we get some breaking news music here? <laughs> yeah, I'll have to <laughs> add that in for you. So money. <laughs> <laughs> so, so um, the Panthers. Um, I, I mean, and any anytime you're talking about the Panthers, you need to talk about who's going to start and go, right? So, um, Bobrovsky looks like he's going to be activated. Um, Lion, um, great name, uh, but he's going to be uh, getting sent back back to the AHL today. Um, between Bobrovsky and Knight. Um, Knight is better option, but um, the way that the season has been going, I mean, flip, flip a coin between the two. So um, I've I've got nothing on this game. Um, I'm gonna tell um, tell Alex on that um, on that first period over. Um, other than that, um, I've I'll be I'll be sitting this one out. All right, fair enough. I have a question for you guys. I'm curious about because I think it's applicable during the regular season as things go along. It's not necessarily like something that you would base your entire handicap off of, but it's something maybe to consider or look into is how a team's been performing over their previous games. I would talk about Tampa going into the All-Star break. They were 8 and 2 in their last 10. I think in a regular schedule or as it progresses normally throughout the season, that might be something to look at how they've been playing, how things are building up maybe comparing against the other team that they're going against. Obviously, there's still levels of variance that go into each of these games. But in this sense, you have a huge break. How much does how they were playing before apply to where they're going now? Like you return from the break, Tampa going up against Florida. You were 8-10. and 10, you, were, you were buzzing along. Florida was 5-3-2 and two in their last 10. Kind of opposite ends of things there. But does is that have any carryover? Is there any momentum applicable moving forward? Oh, yo, you want to take this one? <laughs> no, I, I was going to say I think that's a the, that's a great question, and it's something that I've actually spent a spent a lot of time on trying to um, trying to kind of decipher it. Um, and I I I don't know. Um, I I don't um, in in like all my work, I haven't seen any sort of correlation. Um, but that's not to say that there isn't any. Um, so um, if maybe someone has a um, so someone else has a better answer to that, but my simple answer is that I, I have no idea. Yeah, there's no tangible trend that you can find with with any team really as far as coming out of the break. But the things I look for, uh, you know, like I said, obviously looking at the form of the last few games heading into the break, just kind of seeing where the mindset's at and just kind of looking at a roster too. A team like Tampa that's veteran laden, uh, you know, guys that have played a lot of hockey that, you know, anytime they can get some extended rest to heal up a little bit. And and, and obviously most of these guys are, are banged up throughout the league. But, but looking at some of those older teams like the Washingtons, the Pittsburghs, the Tampas, the Bostons of the world, I think those are teams that can benefit from the break more uh, than, say, maybe like a New Jersey, for example, who, you know, was starting to kind of heat up right back and going back into the break. And, you know, some younger guys getting some extended time off. I think the veterans got to manage that properly and 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 can kind of harness that energy that they've you know conserved over the last you know few days off bring it back and, and stop hot into the the uh the first couple of games all right there's a question here so many we'll start with you uh brian flynn is asking i think it helps people with like learning your betting processes in terms of what you guys are talking about here but brian flynn is asking do you ever check out the bet slash handle and does it ever affect your bet so so many i'll let you take that 
So um, I used to um, when I first uh, when I first started betting, that was something that 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 I used to look at. Um, I've learned over the years that um, it really doesn't matter because any any type of information that you're getting um, from bets and handle percentage and all that, it's all it's 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 all incomplete. Um, you right. you you don't know the full story about um, at what price that these bets were made. Right, like um, I, I, I know, like years ago, I used to look at a team that was um, minus three, and um, like the the percentage was on the other line. So you think, oh, it's like reverse line movement there. So all the sharp money must have been on the other side. Well, it's possible, but that's also incomplete because there's a reason why that line is where it's at right now the number is the number at that point right so so it stopped at a certain point so if that was the sharp number still that you're looking at why did the people that bet it down to that number why did they stop at that point why did they not keep going all right um and the other thing too is that um it depends which book is kind of giving you that number right, right. like um, it makes a big difference if um if there's verifiable and trustworthy numbers for handle and bet percentage and all that that are coming from a sharper book um that's something that i i would love that information um conversely there's um there's if if there's the same verifiable um, numbers that are coming from a book that takes um, a lot of um, recreational money. I would love that. I would love that information too. But the problem with that is that um, why would a book give that number, right? So like that's the other thing you have to like uh, think about too is that um, whatever's out there, um, why is it there? Now, full disclosure: um, in the past, I did work for for a sports book, so um, I I was able to see the money come in, and I used right. to. Um, and I used to verify that with all the free sites and um, it, it wasn't close. Right. So, okay. <laughs> right. So, um, and so you also have to think about, um, and it's, it's not that they are being deceptive. It's that the, it's that the numbers that they're putting out there is for a certain point in time. It's not yeah. necessarily reflective of what's happening in real time. Right. There's also a difference too, in terms of, Yes, somebody could come in with a large bet on one side, but is that person an influential player in the market? Is that someone who means anything? Like we see the news out of, uh, I I can't remember the sports book, but ahead of the Super Bowl, the first million dollar bet came in. Well, is that actionable info or is that somebody who's a long-term loser who's capable of getting down that kind of money type of thing? And then that's going to influence the number of the amount of money that's on one side kind of thing. So you can... Yeah. yeah, and it, and it is interesting. And, yeah, and that's what I mean with like um knowing which which sports book is like giving that um information, right? So like if that million yeah. dollar bet is coming from a book that would openly advertise that they're taking a million dollars, um <laughs> I I I don't care, right? But if it's like if it's like a sharper book that's taking that money and they're moving the line on that money and I'm able to get actionable information in real time for that, um yeah then that means a lot more to me. Fair enough. Uh, all right. There's a game that you're looking at here tonight. And 
Man, this is a this is a big one for you. I don't know. I don't know where your heart's gonna be at in this one. Having seen, uh, I mean, you go into the All Star game. Bo Horvat was traded just before he goes in there. He's wearing the Islanders gear, but despite the fact that he's wearing the Islanders gear, he uh, he's still playing for the Pacific Division in that. <laughs> and then uh, Elias Patterson goes out, wins the hardest shot. And now you're gonna have to watch. Bo Horvat make his debut after getting a fresh contract at the New York Islanders tonight, facing off in Philadelphia against the Flyers. This Islanders team wasn't so great ahead of the break. That was before Bo Horvat had uh, had been traded to them. What are you looking at tonight with this Islanders-Flyers game so money? So I looked at um, Horvat's contract yesterday. And um, so go- going going into the season, right, Like there's – there's a lot been made about the Canucks. They picked uh, JT Miller over over Horvat, and in in hindsight, that looks like a shitty deal, of course. But at that moment, going into the season, um, the Canucks picked the 99.4 over a guy that was going into his contract season, right? So um, it's easy at that moment to make that make that decision. Um, I remember early in the season when the um, Horvat contract talks were going on, the Islanders, um, sorry, the, uh, the, the Canucks were, were in talks with him. And um, there was like the local uh, here that, um, that, that they had Horvat's agent on. And he said that, well, we're looking for um, first line money. And I scoffed that. Well, why is he looking for first line money when he's clearly a third line center? Right. So, um, now you have a, um, a career season in a contract season as well, right? So um, it's a really tough spot for a team to be in that like, which, which what is the real um, Bo Horvat here the last few years or the way that he's played in a contract season? So um, I'm a fan of Horvat. Um, eight years at eight and a half is, it's wow. Um, but... <laughs> I'm happy with anybody that can secure the bag. So good for yeah. him. He deserves the money. Take your money and go. Um, in this game, um, one thing that stands out is that if you look at Carter Hart's numbers right now, um, you you see an elite goaltender. But but digging deeper, um, you see a goalie that's actually been trending towards league average numbers. Um, he has dealt with injuries. Um, and and also the wear and tear of playing on a team that gives up as much as the Flyers do, um, that's obviously a, a a contributing factor here. Um, I've also talked about the Islanders um, not being a good defensive team in terms of all the chances that they give up. Uh, but besides a couple of off games, um, we haven't seen Sorokin falter at all, right? So um, it I, I do have him as the best uh, statistical goaltender in the in um, on this season. And um, unlike Hart, um, I don't have any concerns with the way that um, that 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 he's been either. Now the Islanders, um, based on the last uh, couple of games here and what's coming out of their camp through the All Star break, um, I think they understand that they need to tighten it up um, if they are going to make a run. Um, I think that they have been on the right track, although we need to keep in mind that those games were against the Wings and a depleted Vegas team. So, um, but but I I don't think the Flyers should be able to generate enough really here to test what the Islanders are are um, are attempting what to do defensively. Ultimately, 
Um, I always say that at this point of the season, you are who you are. Um, I don't think the Islanders are going to find that magic elixir to suddenly cure all of their defensive woes. Um, so I'm, I, I, I don't think the Islanders are out of the playoffs. But in this game here, I don't think the Flyers are going to give them much of a battle here. But now I look at the number, it's um, gotten out of range for me. Unless, what's that, minus 128 and 126? Yeah, 125 there as well. Yeah, let's do that. So um, I, I, oh, like right, right on the top line there. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I had, um, I, I had the Islanders here up to minus 128. Um, that 125 is not going to allow market right now. Okay. So there's, there are minus 126, minus 128s available. So if you shop around, especially in Ontario, New Jersey, that number is still available. So some of you are saying that's playable up to minus 128 there. Yeah. All right, so we'll lock in that as, as likely a more widely available number. So to track there on the uh, Edgework Betstamp account, that is if you want to track all the picks that we've given out on this show and we continue to give out every day, make sure to go over and download the Betstamp app. You can find us in the Find Better section as Edgework HQ on there. But we'll lock that one in as it is now. Alex, there's a game that you're looking at here. Uh, you've been big proponent of the first period overs, have had a good amount of success on them so far this season. And there's one you're looking at tonight between the Anaheim Ducks and the Dallas Stars. Uh, why are you looking at the first period over in this game tonight? Well, Dallas ended the break on a five-game run going over the first period. I think this is another one of those teams that, you know, obviously look at their standing right now, top of the Central Division, uh, they're plus 550 to win the West. So they, I think they're gearing up for what's going to be a big run, and they, they're going to go as far as their goaltending takes them. Jake Ottinger uh, and, and Scott Wedgwood, he's going to really have to step up in the second half because like so many was mentioning and talking about with some other teams, with like the Oilers, for example, you know, you have to have your tandem – really step up and share the workload uh, evenly in the second half of the season if you want to keep your number one guy fresh enough to make a deep run in the postseason. So Wedgwood's going to be just as important as Jake Ottinger, but I think that, that tandem is solid enough. And this is an Anaheim team that really struggled heading into the break. I think things are only going to get worse for them, especially on the defensive front. So uh, that's a, a fairly cheap price to lay, oh, you know, $1.40 with that over one and a half. I think we could see some goals here early from both these teams. All right. Uh, and there's a player prop that was sent to me by someone from the Wednesday and Friday show. Andy McNeil sent this over this morning. He put it in his article you can find on VEASAN that he writes his daily NHL picks. But he brought this up to my attention. He said, home and road splits matter. This is from his article. It's no wonder that Robertson has scored 22 of his 33 goals on home ice. He's generated at least four shots on goal in 16 out of 24 home games so far this season compared to just 13 of 26 times on the road. Robertson at uh, over three and a half shots on goal is a good bet, minus 110. So we'll throw that one in there today for a player prop for anybody who's interested. That one does come from Andy McNeil. So if it, if this one loses, you know what to do. You can tweet at him <laughs> at Digital Gambler and then join us in the show on Wednesday and just let him know how terrible the pick it was. But uh, that is the pick from Andy there today. So you can find that minus 110, minus 115. He said up to minus 120 that he liked this one at. So... There you go. There's a, a player prop to lock in for today. Are there uh, are there any other games that you guys are looking at today that are piquing your interest? Any movement that's going on? So money. Yeah, for um, 
for the Flames Rangers game, um, I would like to see uh, Vladar confirmed uh, for me to possibly make a play on the Flames. Um, once once Vladar does uh, get in there, it is going to push the line a little bit higher. So um, I do like the Flames if we get Vladar. If it's uh, Markstrom, then I'll be sitting out. All right, fair enough. There's the current market for this one, Flames. Plus 112, Rangers minus 118. You can find the over over 5.5, minus 110 there available. So make sure to check that out. And then I see here Connor Hartle saying MGM pulled that shots on goal prop. So I tracked that one against uh, against Bet365. That should be available in uh, most U.S. states, and it is across Canada right now. So, Alex, any other games that you're uh, you're looking at here tonight? No, just kind of keeping it light the first few days because, like I said, it's more of a this is more of a react and, and read and react kind of time. The first two three days out of the break, I like to see how, like I said, the form of how teams are. You know, have they picked up from where they left off in the break? You know, do they seem a little bit sluggish in the first couple of games? So I usually kind of pepper it small and then you know get heavier back into the card as as the teams get back in the rhythm. All right, fair enough. So that'll do it for today's Edgework show. Uh, if you want to track the picks that we give out on the show in real time, you want to see how they're doing after the fact, uh, you want to see how we've done through the course of the season, make sure to go over to the BetStamp app. You can find us in the Find Better section as Edgework. And so far on the season, as I've mentioned a few times throughout the show, we've been absolutely crushing it. So make sure to give us a follow on there, up 42 units. Uh, pending bets right now. The Hurricanes to win the Metros. That was sitting at plus 160. That was from Alex Moretto. Tonight, we've got Tampa in regulation, plus 125. The Islanders, minus 128. Jason Robertson, over three and a half shots on goal. Tracked down at minus 115. And then, so money has added the Edmonton Oilers to win the Stanley Cup. Uh, plus 1,800 is available at BetMGM. So, if you have different books, make sure to shop around and uh, find the best prices on all of these bets that we give out here. Goes a long way, just line shopping, just beating markets that way. So it's a very easy way to win more money than you could with one book or lose less money than you might with a certain book, depending on what prices you're laying. But Sorry, Zach, just a, just a quick thing. Um, yeah. v- Varlamov is confirmed for the Islanders. Um, the, the, the market always overreacts to that. So um, it, it, it it is going to push the line of little bit lower so you can wait out the islanders for a bit all right fair enough there you go we got to get you a breaking news uh sound effect here so (laughs) something to pop in every time the goalie announcements happen (laughs) (laughs) thank you to everyone who tuned in here today appreciate it if you're looking for more content from us you can find us here on the edgework channel monday through friday 10 30 a.m eastern time live giving our picks for the night breaking down the games of that day if you're looking for nhl insights uh some of the futures markets and stuff like that you can find our wednesday podcast it's new i think we have a third episode this week david pagnotta dennis bernstein and zach bodenstein looking around the league looking at some of the futures markets whether it be player futures or division winners or uh if it is Stanley Cup look aheads. They will have all that kind of stuff, especially as we approach the trade deadline. Those will be great guys to listen to, hearing about some of the movement that could be going on around the league and maybe give you some insight in terms of what teams to be looking at to go and grab your futures for before they actually do go make a move and the market reacts to that. So make sure to check that out on Wednesday. You can find that here. You can also find that on the 
on all podcasting platforms as Edgework as well. So make sure to check that out. But thank you so much to everyone who tuned in. Look forward to seeing everyone here tomorrow again at 1030. Myself, Alex Moretto, Todd Cordell, and Matt Russell. But so money. Alex, thank you guys for, uh, for your insights today. Greatly appreciate it. Look forward to seeing you guys throughout the rest of the week. All right, take it easy, y'all.